Hello and welcome to the It's Good to Talk podcast brought to you by Student Minds and hosted on the Society podcast uh, YouTube page. I'm here with Jordan Cooper who is the founder of the Self-Defence and Wellbeing Society at Christchurch University and a member of Alum Now for Christchurch. Um, my name is Adam Parsons, I'm president of Student Minds at the University. First of all, uh, as we do every week, we have to say that uh, this topic could be, as every week it could be, uh, offensive it could also be upsetting for people there will almost definitely be swearing coarse language everything in between so if you feel you might take offense by either the subject matter or by someone talking in a coarse way please do switch off now that is very likely to happen so um, if you don't wish to feel that offense or anything at all please switch off now because it's going to happen and i have now warned you um okay and also for anybody that's new you'll see i now have a mic so this is far clearer at least from my end um and it should be from jordan's because he did computing so his stuff should work um so um yeah hopefully as as the weeks go on you'll notice this is getting more and more uh the last podcast we did was um a recording uh, and the audio let's be honest the audio was crap and it was my side, so this is why we have a proper mic now. So hopefully this will be far more for your listening pleasure. And this is the first time we have video for this as well. So um, today the idea is basically, does uh, society do enough for mental health? Do we as a university, do we in our schools, do we in our hospitals, in um, the police force, in government, in anything, anywhere you can go, do we as a society do enough for mental health? Um, I mean, we could just say no and thank you, let's go, but we'll actually try and make a discussion out of it. So if I just pass it over to Jordan. Actually, Jordan, do you want to just kind of explain as well why um, I may have brought you in? Because obviously you're self-defense and well-being. So where did the well-being side for self-defense come into it? Because there's a specific reason, obviously, that I brought you into this discussion. So if I just pass it over to you for a second. Yeah, so um, when I was a student, there was a lot of talk from the university on helping students, particularly on the front of mental health and well-being, but that was mainly the problem. There was a lot of talk, and it seemed that on the front line, very little action was actually happening. Um, we had a number of student suicides over my time at Christchurch, and I didn't feel that the university was really doing anything to help. They might have been behind the scenes, but that wasn't actually presenting itself as sort of forward motion action. There was nothing really happening that we could see as a visible presence. Um, at first we tried to get um, at least one member of all committees trained. That was one of the things that myself and other students from other sports teams wanted to do was that at least one member of every committee should be mental health trained because um, the university only provided a minimal amount of said trained people, um, which meant you had limited access. And I distinctly remember a couple of students trying to get access to a counselor. And I think the wait time was something like four weeks. And the justification of the university for that was, well, it's better than the NHS wait time. I said, well, a bad metric is not exactly a good metric by which to judge your response times by. If, if the original metric's not very good and you're beating that barely, that's not something to shout about as, as they were. Um, so really it was trying to provide a place where people could come together and talk. Um, Self-defence itself um, is kind of ambiguous. It's, it's not like a sport. You know, if, if you join the rugby team, you're generally going to be interested in rugby and, and that's it. And they'll have their own mechanisms. But with self-defense, we kind of brought together people from all different sports teams and societies and people who weren't otherwise connected with the sort of social schism that those organizations create within the university. Um, so really it was around trying to get people together and actually provide an avenue where they can talk and feel comfortable talking to other people. And because you had 
this nice little conglomerate of people from different parts of the social structure at Christchurch, it meant that you could get help a lot quicker and you'd soon know someone who knew someone from that team who could then keep an eye on that person or help them. It was kind of creating linkage, I think, between the different sports teams and societies to try and support people better. Yeah, I mean... That was amazing, really. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely... Self-defence does uh, as a society, as well as Student Minds and a few others now, I think it's thrown out a little bit more. Also, Marvel Society as well tends to bring people of different backgrounds towards it. Marvel, I think, is a big sign of that because you've now got, like, what in you know, days gone past would be like nerds and jocks type, type of 90s attitude towards things together because we've got the films and everything. So it is quite nice to have those interacting of, of, um, of kind of people from different structures, which also helps with mental health as well. Um, so you said about the university and obviously um, me and you uh, did know a couple of people that were, that uh, committed suicide at the university. Um, and yeah, so it, it kind of came out of that and a lot of things have come out of that. Do you think, obviously uh, at the end of the day, some people that want to commit suicide, it's always going to be in the background somewhere. Someone, yeah. it's, it's not impossible. It's, it's not possible to get away from it. It's, you know, at the, at the end of the day, we're never going to have a society at which no one commits suicide. It's the same as bullying. It's never going to happen where there's, there's no bully, zero bullying. You know, it doesn't happen. These things aren't really possible. Um, we want to make them though as little as possible. We don't want them reoccurring in big numbers. We don't want to be like Bristol University, um, I think Manchester's up there, who have a serious problem. Um, but is this down to the universities or is this down to society? Um, because obviously, you know, this starts before people come to university, it starts at school, at college, um, at sixth form, uh, nursery, on television at home. So is it, is it that um, universities are the biggest issue or is it just that they're following the social ineptitude that's already there? I think it's, it's kind of a multi-pronged problem. So society's attitude towards mental health is changing and it has been changing over the past probably five to 10 years. Um, but it's a slow changes. People like to talk about uh, helping friends, helping family and supporting each other. And like, I remember, I, I, what's her name? Caroline Flack, if I remember rightly, was a Love yep. Island presenter who took her own life when she had a, a court case brought forward against her, which arguably shouldn't have been brought forward. But people on social media for, for a good year were really abusive of this lady, really saying horrible things about her. A lot of it untrue, most of it untrue, in fact. Uh, and then when she took her life, all of a sudden, um, there was this massive outpouring. Like, we need to be nicer to people. We need to be kinder to people. People make mistakes. And that lasted for about a week. Uh, then you found out that one of the lead reporters that actually made up a lot of the stories was supposedly one of her friends. And all of a sudden, instead of acknowledging that he was part of the problem, started saying that, well, I didn't know. I didn't know she felt this badly. Of course, I wouldn't have done this to her. So, like, okay, well, you're the editor. Check the articles that you wrote uh, and, and reassess. But basically, I think society is getting better. But there is, you're right, there is a problem ranging from the bottom of our schooling system right to the top of academia. I think university almost is the place where that comes to fruition more openly because it's the first time for a lot of young people and some middle-aged people as well where they've moved away from their core support group i.e their home with their family and their, you know, their school friends and they're on their own in a new environment which isn't really like going anywhere else there's not really anything that's quite like going to university in a place on the other side of the country with no friends no family support in a building that's managed by an organization attending lectures that are in a different format to what you're used to in school so it's a lot of it's an area where everything's new and 
that for a lot of people in itself is overwhelming, but it also will bring to light issues that they've had in other places and it will magnify those problems significantly. So if someone feels lonely when they're surrounded by friends or not friends in school, and then they go to a new area where their family aren't there as the background support network that you don't see, that's going to magnify that problem tenfold. And that's where you end up seeing a lot of issues. But universities tend to talk about helping students in that case. But I've, I've never seen a university actively actually put a decent support network in place to fully back that message. Um, so I think you're right. It's a multi-pronged problem. Society needs to change. We need to be kinder to each other and support each other, which is easier said than done because we all have bad days and good days, right? You know, how often is there you ever seen someone do something that you think is absolutely ridiculous and just going, oh, what an idiot. And you don't think at the time that one statement that could tip someone over the edge. They, you don't know what's happened in their life. They might've lost someone recently. They might not have slept for the past week and they've just made a silly mistake. And then you've just called them out on it in public. And that can have a devastating effect on someone, but you've just thought, oh, I've just passed a comment. Um, can't be that bad. Can it? It can, but we don't think about that at the time, do we? Yeah, and a lot of it comes from like basic structures in society. So toxic max masculinity is definitely one of them. So um, it's always fun when you talk about this with some people because they seem offended by the, the idea that like you're attacking men. It's not what it fucking is. Toxic masculinity is something completely different and is bad for men and women, non-binary, for fucking everyone. Like, because, non because with toxic masculinity, it's the kind of thing that tells... Um, little girls they've got to act a certain way and they you know they're allowed to cry and they should cry and they should um, battle eyelids to try and get things and be nice and oh you're meant to stay at home it's also the same thing that tells boys um, you know you've chopped your hand open well shut the fuck up and get on with it it's it's an issue full stop and so that's why we have the issue um, a lot of the times of things like um, uh, suicide rates in men under 40 suicide is the highest killer in the uk of men because of things like toxic toxic masculinity because it's telling you you're not allowed to show emotion um it's telling you you've got to act a certain way and it's also the reason that we have um so many uh, women that get into uh, issues of domestic violence and are stuck in uh, toxic relationships with abusive partners because it's the same that toxic masculinity is the same thing that's telling them yes but you're meant to take it you're meant to stay at home and do this that and the other and what people seem to misunderstand is that they think when you say toxic masculinity you're attacking men actually no both ends of that are caused by the same initial issue of toxic masculinity it's the thing that's meaning that men are killing themselves in their droves because they can't express any emotion they're not allowed to they have to just stay bottled up and it's also the thing that's meaning that women feel they have to stay with a partner who's abusive and that's bollocks it shouldn't happen like that we should be teaching that no there 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 needs to be far more equality this idea of toxic masculinity can fuck off and actually let's just act like human beings um and i mean there, there's where those people that get offended by that come from. I, I've, I've spoken with people that were friends who whenever I've raised something about toxic masculinity, I can't say it either. Um, and they go, well, well, are you just, you're a man hater then. You hate all men. No, it's this, this not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this whole sort of outdated locker room antic of, oh, you cut your hands. Yep. You'll be fine. Oh, your girlfriend dumb you. You'll be fine. Go and get another one. Uh, this has happened, that's happened. And the way that they treat these sometimes really stressful scenarios. So like I've, I've seen friends who've been in a relationship for five, six years, 
lose that relationship and then our friendship group at the time's response has been well come on let's go out let's find you another bird there's so much wrong with that in, in my head and i'm like one you're not addressing the issue that you've actually had you've just gone through arguably a traumatic experience and people say oh it's not exactly traumatic well it is if you're with someone for five six years and then you lose your partner that's a massive shift in what you're used to in your daily life um so it will have an impact absolutely it just will i don't care what people say it will have an impact whether they like to admit it or not and then the instant response of your friends is to ignore the problem which is just utterly ridiculous you should be being supportive not trying to jump them into something that's clearly not going to be good for them or good for the other person, in this case, a woman that it involves. Um, and it, it all tracks back, right? It all builds up. It's like having a really badly built wall. Every one of those things that happens soon builds up. And that's why you end up with men who either do ridiculously stupid things um, or act in a really bad way. And they don't understand why they're doing it. And they swear they're a good person, but these, like you said, with domestic abuse, um, some domestic abusers are just nasty people. Some of them, I, I would be, willing to say probably don't have a clue what the fuck they're doing they're probably just doing it almost on some weird kind of impulse that they don't really understand and it's likely linked to trauma was that bully bullies create bullies type thing isn't it i think the yeah. idea of, uh, of a wall is a good one because i think most of this kind kind of comes back to an idea of it's a defensive thing so it's the same thing as when you have um so you get some men who will as a response to a woman being attacked go yes but men are attacked as well yeah but that's not the fucking point it's the same argument against the blm movement um yeah same argument exactly the same argument the argument of saying um women are abused oh yes but so are men is the same as going oh you know black lives matter yes but all lives matter oh shut the fuck up the problem is that at this point in time that's not the the general issue yes all lives matter and yes all sexes and all everything matter that's not the point the point is at this moment in time the ones under attack are the ones that have the issue so women in um in abusive relationships or, or women being attacked or whatever is the issue there talk about that deal with that then help to um to what uh, to widen it uh black lives matter black lives are the ones that are under attack let's deal with that let's try and create structures so that it then helps everyone and, and then move from there it's it's the same argument and it's this defensive shield as because it, it's it's this idea that oh yes but i've been brought up like this and therefore it's right that's it that's the end of it and it's like yes but if we all thought like that and that had been the thought throughout time then nothing would have ever changed we'd still be living in prehistoric bullshit you know we need to deal with what the problem is right now not just immediately respond to oh yeah but that's wrong and don't get me wrong i am sure i am fucking positive i have said stupid ass things about race i'm positive especially when i was a kid because i, I grew up in a very uh, white neighborhood i'm from a very white middle class um suburban area it's you know uh and i'm also you know i because of just the way i look it's very kind of jockey and so i'm sure i've been in um that that thing and when i've young, younger made stupid comments about um sex and everything as well because that's just well been brought up the difference is is to then try and solve it by going you know what i've been a bit of a fucking idiot let's do something with it but the problem is is that society doesn't want to admit in anything and this then throws back at our own mental health because instead of trying to deal with it and trying to move forward as a society on basic issues basic human rights and basic human issues that we have in society our response is going oh yeah but that's not how it is for everyone oh that's not how it is here that's not and then we just get the same structures then our kids are fucked up 
then their kids are fucked up. And exact debate, by the way. I remember um, on Twitter someone said that about me. They went, no, "All lives matter. White lives matter." I said, "Yeah, but the problem is they don't, do they?" That's the argument that's being made. When people say black lives matter, they're not inherently saying all other lives don't matter and only black lives matter. No. All lives do matter. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. They do. The problem is at the moment in several places in the world, institutionalized racism exists. That means they don't. They they factually, categorically don't in some places. Take, for example, the case that triggered the BLM movement's resurgence now, with, was it George Floyd? Yep. If that was a white guy who had the police phone to him, uh, called on him rather, he wouldn't be dead. And we know that. It, it just it just wouldn't. It wouldn't have happened in the way that it did. He wouldn't have had his neck nail on. I've watched the video of it. It's disgusting. That wouldn't have happened to a white person. So therefore, white lives in that situation were more important than black lives, which means all lives didn't fucking matter. And I think the problem is when people have that as a response, so you say black lives matter and they go, all lives matter. People don't like um, being told that even though they've worked hard for something in their position, that other people might have to work harder or in some reason they've had some form of level up over other people. So like I, I work in tech. I've, I've had to work hard against tech. You know, I funded myself through university, but I'm still privileged. And I understand that. I understand that no one's ever not given me a job because of my name, the color of my skin, where I was born. I'm not thick enough to assume that 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 is the same for everyone because of course it isn't and i've seen people not get jobs because of their name sounds different to what people would classify as a standard say i don't know english white english name um and i think the problem is people don't like to be told well yeah you did that but that person couldn't do that and the greatest example i've seen as a sort of a way of explaining how life is different for people is i saw the, this video where they set up a race and they had people of all different uh, races with skin colors and white people, male, female, whatever. They all start at the same starting line, but they go, did you go to college? Yes. Okay, before we start, move forward five steps. Were your parents wealthy or middle class? Yes, go forward 10 steps. And then they went, right, now start the race. Um, and all the people that were either of a different ethnicity uh, or a different skin color, right back at the normal starting line. And a lot of people were already almost finished. And they're like, yeah, it's the same race, but if you don't start at the same fucking place, it's not equal it's not fair is it now the weird thing about that is that that person that did that was innately racist himself without realizing it because if you've watched the full video he actually says now if you all started from the same spot i'm pretty sure some of these black kids would have um completely smoked you yeah. you know so you're making a racial assumption um and racial assumptions like that were an easy way for basically white people to feel scared by well they can chase after you that's so and people don't recognize that. Now, the, the whole thing about white privilege is always, always funny because people kind of go, oh, yes, but I've had to work hard. And I'm kind of going, yeah, okay. So I've been homeless twice in my life. I've had to go through depression, various other things, and I've had a load of those other things. However, the way I sound and the way I look means that I'm not going to stay there. It's just a fact. I am white, middle class, male. I'm just going to be okay. Now, not everyone is, but that, but in general, that's how society works. And the same thing is um, when we talk about um, general issues of mental health there, which if we try and bring it back, because I, I know we've kind of gone all over the place there as well, although we should obviously talk about um, BLM, but it's, it's part of an innate issue across society that if you if you cause that and you keep reinforcing this kind of stuff, that's where you have a lot of um, issues. And I think student minds, the national student minds came out of this as well, is that um, black mental health matters as well, because there's a continued issue there because you're completely 
battered down over and over again because society tells you a certain thing and it's continually pushed back into the system. And it's the same thing with, with men and women um, and for non-binary. So and I, the reason I say non-binary there as well is because if we go back 10, 20 years, if we go back to my childhood, non-binary existed, but in the eyes of the law, not really. And so you go from uh, a man should act this way. He should be a man, uh, a, a woman. Well, they, they have to rely on the man and non-binary. Well, you don't exist. And each of those is going to fuck you up in some way. One of them is going to make you feel like, let's say um, you're quite introverted male. You're quite quiet. You're not kind of one of the lads. You're now stuck because that what society is telling you you should be, you aren't. Um, if you're um, female, but you know, you're fucking brilliant at engineering, you're great at mathematics, you can bench better than, you know, your dad can, then, you know, oh yeah, but love, you should be in the kitchen. You, you've, you should be doing that. That's fucking with your head because now you can't um, do what you need to. And there's issues with, with yours. And if, if you're non-binary and you're effectively gone, well, you don't exist, pick one. Oh, fuck you don't do with that. And all of these are the issues where we don't deal with it. All we do is start going, oh, well, this needs to be dealt with, this needs to be dealt with, instead of just going, look, you know what? This is all fucked. Let's start dealing with it now from the baseline, from um, kindergarten, although that always sounds like a weird word to me, kindergarten. But, you know, from baby, 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 baby. let's deal with it from then. And then we'll actually get this idea that, and don't get me wrong, mental health is always going to be there. There's always going to be issues with mental health. But let's try dealing with it from the start rather than trying to deal with it later. You know, there's always this idea, especially in America, that, oh, well, we're much better about our mental health because everyone has a, a shrink. Does that make it better? You need a shrink? Doesn't that make it not doing well? Yeah. Because of the fact that all of you are so fucked up in your adulthood, or, oh, no, we all talk. We all talk about things. Yes, but half those problems could have probably been solved when you were four years old, you know, or if you're talking now, great, but should it have to be on a professional basis or should it be a societal thing that's just interacting between people? You know, this is a um, supporting point. I've read before that mental health uh, issues amongst young people is basically at its highest level ever, right? Mm. Doesn't that just point to the fact that our education system is probably culprit, the reason if people are coming straight out of education or in education and their mental health is getting worse. Doesn't that highlight that that system is flawed? Surely. Yeah. There's, it's to me, right? there's, a, there's a continual issue with this because the education system, and I think it's, it becomes a political um, uh, ping pong as well with the education system and how we learn. Um, and we've talked about this ourselves about um, the way education works as well. But if all that happens is Labour, Lib Dems, Tories, um, SMP, whoever it is, just goes bang, 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 continually between the education system. Oh, well, we're changing the way it's marked. Oh, yeah, but now we're changing the way coursework works. Oh, no, well, you can't have that. Even the simple structures of education can then screw with people. And you're also messing with people's mental health as well. For instance, those on the spectrum may want more structure. But no, we've got to have a set way of doing things. And that's got to be the same for everyone because that's just how education is and that's how it works. It's not, it's just not. And we don't ever really deal with this. I mean, I'm dyspraxic, I'm um, uh, dyspraxic, dyslexic. It was not recognized until university. Uh, I was tested at school, I was tested at college. It wasn't until I came to university that I just went, of course you fucking are. Like every test says you are, what the hell is going on? 
but at school and college, ah, yeah, but you're getting through, so it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> that's not how you deal with it. That's how it gets made worse. Um, and, you know, we, we never really deal with the, the basic structures in our schools and our colleges to deal with anything else. We don't deal with our own education on so many parts of, of um, society on basics of, um, let's say, if someone's on the spectrum for autism and how they might like structures, how um, issues with uh, dyslexia may cause them problems in subjects such as English, um, how if we're doing history, uh, then we need to teach it properly or it's going to disadvantage those of uh, an ethnic minority. If we're teaching, um, I don't know, if we're teaching general social sciences, that now we have a, a, an issue against uh, females in, in the, the classroom. And so many other things, each of them causing a problem for someone. Sports is going to cause the issue for, for boys generally, because if you go to a school, like I went to school where rugby was... The, you know, we were uh, counter champions. That's it. I'm a big guy. I'm 6'2". I've always been this kind of height. I've always been broad. You've got to play rugby. rugby. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. response, go fuck yourself. Uh, no, I'm not playing rugby. I literally had to injure someone. Don't do this. I literally had to injure someone so that they would ban me from rugby because it's the only way I could get out of it. Now, that's not good for my mental health. The fact that I had to physically hurt someone so that they would stop me because nothing else stopped them. Nothing else. I don't want to do it. It's not my sport. No, you've got to do it. You've got to do this. It's just PE. You've got to do PE. That's it. No, fucking find me something else. I don't think of a reversal to that that's very similar. Um, in school, even going back to like primary school, I wasn't very good at maths, like at all. Um, I thought I was just thick. Um, and I even had a teacher at one point tell me basically, uh, you need extra help in this. You'll really... He basically said I was shit. I was only really young at this time. Um, and I, so I just gave up. I, I stopped bothering to try because I was so tired of being told that I was shit. I thought, well, if I'm so shit, why am I bothering to even fucking try? What's the point? I'm just going to keep knocking myself down. Uh, I work as a software engineer now. It's like one of the most logic heavy fields. But it turns out that I wasn't shit at maths. Um, I was shit because the, the format that it was presented to me wasn't appropriate. I learned by doing things and by having a situation to apply things to not just by giving, giving, being given a piece of paper with 10 sums going to solve these sums. Um, and that really affected me. I thought I was, I, I thought, why do all these other kids understand maths? Why can't I get it? And other people in the class would sit and do like sums in their head and then shout out an answer. And I'd be sat there with my hands going, uh, uh, uh. it was only when I hit sort of my, well, I'm in my mid twenties now, but probably halfway through university, I realized I'm not thick. It's just, this wasn't the right way to teach it. But I had this weird, like, self-loathing for ages thinking shit i can't do much and i used to get like anxiety over it like i remember the first time i ever worked to till i was like oh what if i count the wrong numbers and that's ridiculous of course i could count up bloody change and work out the the basics of that but i had this weird thing in the back of my head that said i wasn't good enough to do it and that was all because the teacher said you're thick because you're not able to do this in this one set way that's designed for everyone and everyone else can do it or at least almost everyone can do it so why can't you yeah um, if you don't fit the mold, that's it. You're not right. I mean, so I was told at, at school um, because I at one point was uh, doing thinking about teaching, thinking about loads of other things. I thought about wanting to be an accountant at one point. Um, and I was told at uh, school by my uh, my tutor for that for that uh, school. Um, are you sure you should go into that? Because I don't know if you're that academic. I now hold several degrees and academic um, memberships of um, academic bodies across the UK, as well as now studying for three degrees at once. Uh, it's bollocks. 
But luckily for me, I say luckily, my response in my head was the exact opposite because my response just went, nah, fuck you. That's, that's not how this works. If you tell me something like that, my immediate response is, no, 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 that, right. I'm going to prove you wrong, end of. But the problem is, is that, again, simple things like that is our responses to being effectively told the same thing on different subjects were opposite of each other, just kind of proving the point that the education in its baseline cannot be for everyone because not everyone's response to it is exactly the same. You just don't have the same response to it. You, some people will go, "Oh right, well, you know, that's gonna that's gonna push me on now. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna get this done. Fuck you, I'm gonna do it like me." Or they could be going, "Shit, okay, I'm I'm just crap and return into themselves like you did," and you know it, it shouldn't be like that. Um, but we've all, I mean, the, the whole the whole issue in general across society of how we treat each other as well is is just fucked basically. I mean banter in terms of um in terms of friend groups is very debatable about how good it is for people's mental health very very debatable because i I almost can't bring myself to say that there's something wrong with it even though i know there is um because the the immediate response when you said oh i thought i was thick the immediate thing in my head was to go yeah because that's just how i've been brought up even though, no, that's not how you fucking talk to people. That's not, but the, the, the kind of friendship and banter group in your head just kind of goes, nah, don't take the piss. Especially in male groups as well, which brings us back to the to toxic masculinity, is to take yeah. the piss out of your mate. That is what we do. That is what comedians make jokes out of. You know, that's just what, you, that's just what happens. Um, and I've done it in the past. I remember a mate broke his, I, I can't remember, did he break it or dislocated his shoulder? And he came out with this thing. I was just like, oh, you okay? And it's like, it, it's wrong. You're like, he's hurt himself. Don't be an ass about it. But I was young. And even now, though, like you said, there's almost like a switch in your head where you just kind of do that. And no one, no one can explain why. You just kind of do. And like you said, it is, to some degree, it can be good, like depending on how that person is. It's an individual thing, right? So like with things like grief, I deal better with sarcasm and laughter than I do with actual grief. But for other people, that sarcasm and laughter would make them worse and push them deeper into the hole. So it's not, it's a deeply personable thing. So it can be good and bad, I think. Yeah, and, and that's, that's kind of the problem that we don't, I think every time we look at education, every time we look at mental health, we think of, right, let's make a policy that's going to change it. That's, that's how it's going to deal with it now. So, no, 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 we need to be far more, far more open about how we just deal with things in general and not just, right, this is the next run of the ladder. This, you know, um, we're not, we shouldn't be using a Vygotskyan way of dealing with it. So um, those of you out there that do an education, Vygotsky, of course, a theorist on education that basically said um, there are several um, things at which you hit at certain stages. So it's the stages of um, development for children. Now, much as that's great to set out for schools, like, okay, so we should be looking at this here. And of course, uh, it doesn't necessarily work that way. You know, how many people have gone... Oh, well, my kid's talking now. Oh, mine's wa walking now. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're doing so much better than yours. Shut the fuck up. Who the fuck cares? Are they healthy? Are they able to do anything with it? Are they going to be uh, an adult? Is everything okay with them? Great. Like, you have no idea. Just because they said the word mama when they were, like, two weeks younger than your cousin's kids, 
said Mama. It become it almost becomes something that your parents then throw at each other. And yeah. it's it's just this continual bullshit that we get in society of one upmanship, of um, you know, putting others down with our own success. Um and it's 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 weird to say because I know I will do it again at some point in the future. You will do it again at some point in the future. Every fucker watching this will do it again at some point in the future. We know it because we are part of that structure. And it's very hard to be part of a structure at which you're, you know is wrong because you're, neatly, you're, you're innately hardwired into that structure. It's, it's the kind of the matrix way of doing it, you know, where he goes into the room. Yeah, but you've done this 50,000 times before doesn't change you're part of the matrix it's, it's, it's that, that yeah it's that it's that issue that we need to try and make sure that we begin the road so that those that come after us are saved from the bullshit that we've we and former generations created and also to make our generation and even everyone else just living nowadays is better by starting the process by breaking down certain bullshit structures that exist in terms of sex race um religion whatever it is whatever is causing an issue in some way in mental health which is everything everything has an effect on your mental health you know for some people it is literally the fact that it is a certain month you know seasonal um affective disorder where you know um you you literally will get um very depressed because it is winter or it's summer or it's whatever it is now that's not something that you can just snap out of the amount of times as well that's a very and this 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 comes from um, you know any uh, any and everyone is the oh well just snap out of it fuck yeah what does that mean i've never understood that oh, just snap, out of it. snap out of what he's not stuck inside of a playpen he's yeah. just gonna open the door that's not the way it works it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that we've just kind of gone with the idea of it's that it, I think it's it's a very fifties nineteen fifties way of looking at things of just well you have a place in society therefore you will f- fulfil your place in society stop acting any other way that doesn't fulfil the the um, requirements it's also a very I mean everyone does it but it's a very kind of um, British idea of this kind of stiff upper lip well you know you can't can't do that come on. Come on now, you can't, you can't be crying, you can't be down about things. That's why, I mean, it was such a... Going through hell, keep going or something like that. Yes, if you're going through hell, keep going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, no, if you're not... That's the other thing, right? There's this weird thing, in, in, particularly amongst male groups, and three words are very difficult for most men to say, and it's, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. What, that's fundamentally... Men, some men just cannot say it. They, they have this blocking shield in front of them where they cannot admit something is bad or they're doing badly and they're struggling and it's okay to struggle this is what i don't understand um, and i've been bad for this as well um i remember my, my third year of uni getting to the point where i was working full-time doing my degree and i really really struggling absolutely refused to tell friends and that that i wasn't okay for quite a while until i, I finally eventually did but it took me to get to almost breaking point to do that why what just admit when you're not doing well so your friends can help you. If they don't want to help you, they're not your friends. It's, it's very much, there's, a, there's been a campaign in the past few years of this, it's okay not to be okay. Um, yeah. And it's that, weird to even think that that should have to be a campaign. Like, yeah. the, the, the fact that you have to tell people, look, things are shit, 
it's okay. Like we're here. We're, you know, it's okay to have a shit day. It's okay to have a shit month. It's okay to have a shit year. It's okay that everything is falling down around you. That there's a structure we can deal with this. Um, but there seems to just be this this idea of like no. No, 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 and certain certain cultural issues, certain uh, issues in general. Th- there's some there's some things where I've just known that um, I've I've talked to some other students, and they're just like, I can't, my my culture doesn't allow me, or my parents would never understand, or my friends would. At the end of the day, it's you've got to be. There's got to be some self preservation there, um, because it's okay, and I know a lot of people do this, and. People may not like this. And again, this is my opinion. It does not reflect the opinions of student minds or anybody else. However, you should come first. This idea that, oh yeah, but I'm, I gotta help my friends out. And oh, don't they do so much for everyone else? And they're there for everyone else. At the end of the day, if you don't look after yourself first, you can't help anybody else. Because if, if after you know, helping everyone else means that you are drained, you are in a mess, then what can you do to help anyone else? Surely it'll make things worse. If you're in a dark place and you're drained and you're trying to help people, you're probably not going to help tell them the right advice or help them make the right decisions. And it may be that they just don't know how to help you because now you've changed everything about them by trying to help them. Whereas if you just gone at the beginning, I would love to help you, but I, I can't. I'm just, I'm not with it. And we need to try and recognize that because as much as people say, oh yeah, mental health has changed in this country and oh yeah, we're working on it. Are we? I... I personally don't think that much has changed. And I know that's kind of controversial for a lot of people, but, but I don't think much has changed at all. I think if you, if you say you have a mental health issue, it's still looked down upon. Whether people say it is or not, there'll be a piece of paper in, in the classroom or in the workplace that says, no, I can't treat you differently. doesn't mean they're not going to. It's, you know... Think about it in was it is it um, I think it was Alabama or Arkansas. Only recently did um, got a law revoked that stated that they could fire someone just for being gay. So there there are things that can say in and you know oh well you can't do this, but in reality are they going to pay attention to it or are they going to do something else? There's this is an issue. I mean that's a massive thing for people that have uh, of the LGBTQ um, plus community um that's going to be a massive weight on their on their shoulders and something they have to think about all the time of just being able to come out because you could lose your job otherwise um and that was like this month so the idea of like oh yeah no everything's changed no it hasn't it's just that we've we've switched the focus well, oh no everything's fine now and, and i don't know what state it was in america it, i remember reading that they were looking at i don't know if they have or end up doing it passing a law um to do with abortions and it even included stipulations whereby if, if a woman uh, was raped um, or by a family member or by a stranger, the abortion would still be illegal. And I'm certainly going, we're supposed to live in a world where we're meant to treat each other well. We're more interconnected than at any point in human history. And we still treat each other like shit, trying to tell each other how we can live our lives. It, and it doesn't make sense to me because if we want to help each other and help our fellow man and actually advance humanity as a whole not just our personal either we get a better car or a nicer flower or better clothes or whatever um we need to start treating each other openly and honestly that means not having a go at someone just because they're dressed in a slightly different way to you that means if someone's having a bad day and you see someone crying in the street don't just walk past ask them if they're okay be honest when you're not okay with your friends and family like there's there's nothing other than this 
psychological barrier that you've been conditioned to have in your own head that is not real it's in your own head that prevents you from telling people when you're not okay and by doing that you're making it worse by not telling people you're actually just hurting yourself mm. um and i think it goes back to what we were saying about it being a top to bottom change needed in society and i think social media um absolutely has a role to play in that as, as we as i mentioned we're now more interconnected than ever before everyone shares some people not all minute details of their day-to-day -day activities where they went shopping what they bought look at this amazing house i'm renting look at this amazing car that i've just bought um and other people see that and it makes you change your view you think well they've just bought a rolls royce well, why haven't i got a rolls royce am i just lazy am i not doing very well and it immediately chucks you down the path yeah um, and you make assumptions right you go they just bought a rolls royce yeah they? very it much whatever who knows it's very much that um, thing as well I was saying about how um, you can't just do a massive sweeping change from going to one to the other because um, but all the problems that social um, media has caused for some people, for others, it's the only reason they're still alive. That there's the structure they've created, especially I'm, I'm thinking specifically of um, people like trans uh, men, trans women. Um, a lot of them, a lot of, since so many cases where maybe they're in um, a country or they're in a state or they're, they're in a, um, a family structure where they just can't identify with anyone. They can't, they can't get out of, they don't understand themselves, something. And then they've gone onto social media and there's been a massive, um, you know, kind of group hug for that person. And actually the reason they're still able to function, be alive um, is because they've got social media helping them. Um, now I, I, that's not just, um, you know, uh, specific to LGBTQ, um, but also for so so many other parts that some people just they need to go on social media just to feel alive, just to you know this is the only way I can interact. Or for a lot of people who's maybe their friendship group or their family group just doesn't get it. You know, they they they're in a they're in a group where you can't just say. I'm not okay. You should be able to, but you, you can't for, for, for whatever reason it is, you can't just go, you know what? I'm fucked right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to, and you can't and social media where, okay, they might be strangers actually gives them that ability. So again, it's that we, we need to change things top to bottom, but we need nuance. And this is something that's always missed is nuance because there's, even if we talk about, uh, and this is the thing that's always missed with mental health, is when we talk about, let's say, depression. So when we say someone's got depression or, or, or whatever, it's this idea that, okay, well, that person has depression. Therefore, everyone that has depression is exactly the same. We have to deal with them in the same way. Um, no. No, no, no. Fuck off. Because it's completely different. Someone with depression doesn't necessarily understand someone else with depression because you're there going, why the fuck are you doing that? And the other person's going, well, I don't know, why the fuck are you doing that? You don't necessarily understand each other and somebody outside of it doesn't understand that. So the idea that we can just do sweeping and go, yes, well, this is this and this is now this doesn't work. We need nuance. Unfortunately, society isn't really set up for this idea of nuance. And we even see it in, in, in politics, in, in the left, the right and whatever is we're not allowed nuance. We're not allowed it. It's no, this is right, this is wrong. And don't get me wrong, I am one of those people that on certain things will just go, no, you're fucking wrong. Um, but there is, there is nuance to certain things and certain things can be right or wrong. We've had, so something that's got nothing to do with um, mental health whatsoever, but to point of nuance, um, the first prime minister of the UK, 
as the point I made about Google to Jordan, the first prime minister of the UK, if you put it into Google, says Sir Robert Walpole. Sir Robert Walpole was not the first prime minister of the UK. He was the first de facto prime minister of the UK, the first prime minister of the UK and the first person to have the title of prime minister of, uh, of UK, Great Britain, whatever, is Sir Henry Campbell Bannerman in 1906. Now, some people just go, well, what does it matter? Well, it matters because if you go before Henry Campbell Bannerman, it's after Henry Campbell Bannerman, prime minister, it's respectful. Yes, prime minister. If you go before so Henry Campbell Bannerman, it's an prime insult. It was literally an insult. Prime Minister was what, and the word Prime Minister existed when Sir um, Warpole was around, but it was shouted at him as an insult. Wasn't it, um, oh, here comes the Prime Minister or something it's like that? It's the kind of, the, well, it's the, the idea of Prime Minister is first among equals of like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's, it was an insult. It was literally something to throw at an opponent. So, yeah, you could go, well, you know, well, it doesn't really matter. And yes, there's a right and there's a wrong, yes. It is right that the first prime minister was Henry Campbell Bannerman. It's wrong that it was Robert Walpole. But then there's there's also issues within that, and there's also nuances as to why something that simple can actually have very many different answers and actually have a massive impact on what society thought about it, what um, structures there were around it, from something something as simple as a pub fact that you put into Google. So when you have something like that that you can find actually there's a nuance around just a simple fact that you're you know you might answer on 15 to 1 or weakest link then what the hell happens when we're talking about people's actual lives mental health and everything else oh no well that's just got that's just got a structure that we've got to stick to no that's not how it works that's not how mental you know mental health works it's not how people's minds work it's just not how we are built as humans to survive you can't do all of this without some nuance of what the hell is going on and it happens with all kinds of stuff as well like society in conventional wisdom likes to believe in almost a binary view for complicated things and uh, so um i'm trying to think what's a good example uh, i don't know if you look at any like children's textbook they'll probably say um that the person who invented the light bulb was i can't remember the guy's name um edison. benjamin franklin was it they'd edison. say even though it wasn't it edison. wasn't ben edison that was it thomas edison they'll say thomas edison invented the light bulb he didn't he categorically it's, it's factually incorrect in every possible way yep. to say he did he did invent a popular popular light bulb with a team of people no he didn't well no this is what he literally didn't and uh, uh, yeah so we'll say yeah it was created by one bloke who was a black scientist who we don't celebrate either yes my point exactly so we looked to things like under conventional women like that you read any text but it'll say thomas edison invented the light bulb well he didn't um and he, I think it was like 50 years or something ridiculous before him, someone invented it. The, yeah. What we would call a light bulb. But somebody came up with the filament. Yeah, with the filament. And then same thing with other stuff, right? Like, uh, I don't know, who invented the first fine plane? Conventional wisdom would be the Wright brothers. It's not true either. Um, but we like to believe in this sole point of, well, this person did this thing, even though it's, it's nearly never true, nearly never correct. Um, and there's this weird thing in society. And that sort of, that funnels down and back up again for everything. Like you said, we do need to have nuance. Not every person is exactly the same. We know that as, a, as an undeniable fact. So why do we try and treat them the same in any kind of system whatsoever? It doesn't make sense. Every study done from here to wherever will tell you that that's not an appropriate way to treat people. Yet we continue to do it as, a, as, as humanity across the planet and all the different systems. We still go, ah, well, here's a box. Everyone get in that box. 
Yeah, but everyone's slightly different. We know that. Nah, nah, nah. Just go in the box. Why? Yeah. It's it's only, I mean, the only time we seem to talk about mental... See, the one big one was um, Bryony Gordon. I think it's Bryony Gordon, who um, is a newspaper uh, journalist, or at least was, who interviewed um, Prince Harry. I don't know if we call him Prince anymore, but Harry. Um, you know... And when he basically asked people to leave the room and then opened up about the fact that, you know, he'd been through issues of depression, he'd had issues of anxiety and everything else. Um, and she, when she talked about it in her book, just went, you know, this was, this was something unprecedented. You know, you know, one of the princes is telling me about mental health. And Bryony Gordon herself has done a lot of mental health. Um, and obviously now uh, Prince Harry and Prince William and everyone else has set up uh, uh, the heads up. Uh, I think it's Heads Up Charity. Um, now, that's great, but the question seems to never be asked, why was it so exceptional that he opened up? Why yeah, was it? That? Why was it that we said, oh, yes, but you're, you know, you're fifth in line of a figurehead that doesn't really do anything, but you haven't told us about your mental health. Oh, my God, this is amazing. It shouldn't matter if the Queen came out and said, you know what, she'd been through bouts of depression, um, from losing her mum, from, you know, her husband being ill, from, uh, you know, whatever it is, from I mean, fucking hell, she, she did stuff during the war. There's got to be some PTSD there probably anyway. But she's not allowed to tell us. Prince uh, of Wales isn't allowed to tell us. Prince William isn't allowed to. Prince Harry isn't allowed to. They lost their, their mother when they were really young. They, you know, there's an inherent hate, hatred for the for journalists generally. I think, um, especially from Prince Harry, he's kind of shown it quite a lot, and that comes from his issues with mental health. But why was it so exceptional that we went? Oh my God, he's talked about the fact that he isn't okay. <gasps> you imagine if the Queen did just for a second. If the Queen came out and said and wrote a book about all the things she's seen done, and she, uh, whether you're a, a fan of the monarchy or not. No one can deny that having to do the jobs that she's done has a tremendous amount of pressure. No pressure in some ways, but a lot of pressure in other ways. So there's going to be, like you said, PTSD, depression, and God knows what else there. But you can imagine if she came out tomorrow with a book, the world would be absolutely shocked. What do you mean the Queen suffered from anything? It would be absolutely like outrageous to people to think that she couldn't possibly be perfect and not suffer from these things, which all people suffer from. Yeah, and again, if we just take away the fact that she's Queen, and we just talked about her as a normal person, yeah. Her father died when she was very young. She was, um, she helped with, I think she did, uh, she was a mechanic, wasn't she? Um, yeah, I'm pretty during, sure. Yeah, yeah. During, the, during the Second World War, she was a mechanic. Um, and uh, she lost, uh, she's lost her mother. She's um, had family issues where her son's wife um, was killed after a messy breakup um, that was public. It's everything else, but uh, she's a queen, so it doesn't matter. Now, even, even if you were weren't the queen that's going to be a hell of an issue but like you say if she came out tomorrow and just brought a book out saying you know you know what i'm not okay what would everyone's response be well you're the monarch of course you are don't be stupid yeah, yeah they'd be like oh, that's rubbish she's, she's just doing there'll, there'll be a they'd say there's some other reason they'll be like well she's you know, maybe she's a little bit light on funds or some crap there'll be something that'll try and discount it or even worse can you imagine if any politician that was running for office suggested that they had issues with mental health it would be jumped on immediately if, if you had um the, the leader of labor the leader of lib dems leader of the conservatives um smp in the uk say it may 
maybe it would be treated a little bit better, but it's still, they, they wouldn't win. They wouldn't win. They might even lose their own seat. If the president of the United States ever suggested they had issue, Jesus Christ, they'd probably be thrown out of the country, let alone elected into office. Barely a half of them um, ever even give them your, their medical notes to say whether they're healthy, let alone whether they're mentally healthy. Um, and yet they're people that we expect to then run a country. <laughs> Just just a funny thing. If Trump suddenly went, yeah, I have depression, all of his supporters would turn on him because it goes against the macho sort of image. He'd probably get support from the left. Very weirdly, his support would possibly change. He'd probably (laughs) get support from Democrats going, you know what? We knew there was an issue. Why the hell didn't you tell us? We'd have been that, we'd have, you know, okay, so you've got an issue. So do you want us to help you with structure? You know, if he came out and said, I've got, you know, you know what? I've got issues of, multi-personality disorder of borderline personality whatever it was this is why i i put stuff on on twitter or whatever it is a lot of people would actually probably go oh okay we got to think about this now a lot of a lot of people would go nah fuck off then you you know whatever but why the hell should it be a thing i think any, anybody um that's running for these offices should be absolutely able to just go you know what I had, oh, yes, I've had um, issues with uh, with mental health at some point. I've had, you know, I lost my mother when I was young or whatever it is. But they're not allowed to say it. They're not allowed to show this weakness, the weakness, because, you know, fuck off that it's weakness. You know, it's, it's oh. just, but it's seen as it. It's, it's that idea of, oh, well, no, it's, it's, it's weakness. No, it's not. But surely, so politicians not doing that because they're worried about what voters will think is actually just reinforcing for that bit. And it is a big section of society that still think that it isn't a thing. A lot of people still say it's hokum, depression isn't real, even though they guaranteed they suffered from some form of mental health condition or issue, but they painted up as something else yeah. irrelevant. It would challenge those people. All the politicians in say the UK, the head of uh, the SNP, the, every UK party all said, yeah, we've struggled from this. This has happened. Yeah, you're right. They probably, none of them will probably win an election and they probably would lose their seats. But at least then they're challenging the public notion from a very big chunk of society that those things aren't real and that they haven't had them and that it, it, it does affect them. Mm. And I think by not doing it, you're almost reinforcing their belief that it isn't real or that not everyone suffers from it or, you know, that's what it feels like anyway. It's like oh, yeah. a silent continuation. If you look at faith, this is a big one on Facebook all the time, and it's a generational thing. Uh, everyone has a, a go at the next generation. Hell, I'm sure I've had a go at the next generation. Almost positive. Yeah. I mean, how old are you now? Are you the next generation or are you the same? When were you born? Uh, 93. 93. So you're the same as me. You're a millennial. Depending on your definition of millennial, because I've seen different age brackets. Well, the millennial, millennial is 80, uh, 81 to 96. That's why I always find it when people are just going to go, ah, oh, it's generation. Um, so... Generation now isn't it the one above us is it z now what are the one above us you mean below us no so you've got boomers gen z millennials there's another one boomers then gen z then the silent no boomers then the silent generation then gen then gen x gen x yeah then millennials then gen z I can't keep up with all the different See, the weird thing about and and the, actually the weird thing in if I was going to go into a different point but actually just focusing on that the idea that we put everyone into a box of generations and then treat everyone in a way of being well you're that generation so you're you're whatever is also bullshit because then it also screws people mental health I made this point on a podcast actually with uh, the student union if you look at my age then I'm a, I'm a millennial 
if you look at my generational genealogy, I'm the silent generation because my parents were born during the Second World War and I'm the next generation afterwards. So I'm of the silent generation. I'm two generations back in how I was brought up in terms of how they brought me up from their perspective. But then society treats me like a millennial. So you then have cognitive dissonance because one part of your head is telling you one thing, the other part of your head is telling you something else because society and your upbringing don't match because you just don't fit that. But, but then everyone's in a box. You're in a box. Stay in the box. Because like, I wasn't raised with what I'd class as, I mean, I, I don't have a list, but what people would traditionally consider a millennial, I don't tick many of the boxes, really. Um, but like you said, because of the way my parents raised me. But to say that, someone's a millennial because they were born in this year. Like you said, it discounts who their parents were, what their parents' attitudes were. You could get people that are of the previous generation that had attitudes from the previous generation because of the way their parents raised them. And that's the way they were sort of indoctrinated into that view. So to say that automatically, if you were born in, I don't know, 1960, whatever, these are your views, you must have been raised this way is, it's just not true, is it? It's a lie. It's bollocks. I mean, I'm a millennial who, until the age of 25, had never let a girl buy me a drink. Because that's not how I was brought up. I yeah. was brought up with 1940s and 1950s values. Millennials were brought up with 60s and 70s values. So they don't fit. Now, don't get me wrong. My views are far more in line now with millennial and with Generation Z. That's far more how my viewpoint is. Wasn't how I was brought up. Maybe that's why I had issues of depression when I was so much younger. We don't know because we're not allowed the nuances to try and discover it. But the, the point I was going to make is um, you see a lot on Facebook is that um, people, this idea that um, depression and other things don't exist. You always get shown this kind of random picture of a TikToker or whatever, like, oh, look, they're crying. And then pictures of people going to war and going, well, the great generation, they never had any issues. I'm sorry. You mean that generation of people who never fucking spoke about anything from their childhood and their, their younger years because they were so, so fucked in their head from PTSD? That, that generation, they never had any problems. Like, it's, it's yeah. just nonsense. They always go, oh, yeah, but they, they went to war and they never had any issues with mental health. Mental health is blood bollocks. Look, they, they, were, they were fine. They went to war at 19. Yeah, and they spent the rest of their lives never talking about their time at war because they and had struggling with various things caused by it. Yeah. And so many, so many young um, men and women coming back from that time period to now commit suicide and other things. There's so many um, charities that have been set up to deal with people that have PTSD from coming back from war, coming back from anything. Even fucking basic training can screw you up. Um, I know plenty of um, ex-military guys and there's, there, there is issues because they there's a structure that tells you that's the way you've got to, you've got to be. I mean, especially in the more kind of elite forces of some of my um, instructors and certain things fucking mental well, they're pretty much trained not they and also just pointing out just pointing out and, and picking up on my own thing that because of the way that i brought up and the language that shouldn't be used i even just use the word mental in a derogatory derogatory way something that needs to be taken out of our language as well and this is what i mean by the fact that we need to recognize ourselves actually we're going to fuck this up a lot but we need to try and do it for the next generation but yeah we we have these issues and it's it becomes a generational argument and it really shouldn't be generations don't make sense in terms of mental health or in the way structures and society looks at us we need to have nuance we need to be able to discuss and change according to what things are because 
there can be basic human rights and there are basic human rights and there can be basic structures in in place but they don't account for everything they can say that everyone is equal they can say that everyone should be treated the same and they are right but you need being treated the same isn't isn't then taken into account how someone reacts to certain things if put it this way if we had the idea of everyone um, is treated the same and we take you into a room and we put you in that classroom and um, we turn the lights on what if you have a sensitivity to light what if you have severe um, epilepsy what if you have um, issues with everything we can't do that now I'm sure I will be misunderstood by someone re- uh, listening to this I'm sure I'll be misunderstood on purpose by someone listening to this as well but this is not the case it's not that I'm saying we shouldn't all be equal we are all equal However, we need to be nuanced when we deal with people's mental health and we deal with people's health because it's not as simple as just going, that's it, done, yeah, move on. Because that's what we've done for years and look where we are now. We're all fucked up in some way. With everything, right? Like I remember uh, my partner um, has issues with anxiety at times, sporadic. It doesn't, sometimes you'll be absolutely fine weeks and months on end. Um, And I remember when we first met her, you know, you do normal couple of things, you go to pubs and all of that. I remember going to a cafe once and she couldn't go in first because of the anxiety. Something had happened that day that triggered her anxiety. So I went in first. Whereas that for most people, you say you go into a cafe, but well, that's easy. You're just going into a cafe. It's, it's really easy. No, that, well, that, that, that anxiety is a form of a, a mental health issue. There's something that's triggering a severe amount of anxiety to stop someone doing something that they'd otherwise be able to do. And the, the light example is a perfect, perfect um example of that and i think there's isn't there an einstein quote which is something like um i might be wrong correct me if i am it's like if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree it will fail every time or something like that it's yeah um, it's around that yeah if you if you're testing everyone and everyone has the same test and you ask a you ask a, um them to all climb a tree and you have a monkey and a cheetah and everything then go up there and a fish can't <laughs> mental health though right if you have a condition it's highly unlikely that your condition or your, your issues have been triggered by one thing happening. It's normally an amalgamation of different things happening at different points in different age groups. Everyone has different upbringings, different experiences, different pretty much everything. No two lives are ever the same. It's, it's highly impossible that they ever will be identical. There will always be something that's different. And we know that. It's just like a given thing that when you think about it, everyone's slightly different. There's no two things that happen that are the same. So why do we treat mental health that way? That's what I don't understand. Why do we think that we can just do a one brush fits all approach when we know that that doesn't work? Yeah, it might catch a few. Fine. It's better than nothing, right? I guess. But why don't we start treating people individually and, and differently? And then I've seen people's argument against that being, well, the cost. It will cost too much money to do that. Will it? Think about the hidden cost. If someone's depressed, they'll be less productive. They might lose their job. They might not ever get a job at all. They might take their own life. Surely the cost of that is a large amount more than just giving them the support they need and actually questioning our own thinking on things. I I just think that the, the, the hidden cost of mental health is probably ridiculously high i think it'd be astronomical but because it's not an obvious cost that you can put on a piece of paper and show a politician it's really hard to convince them that that cost exists yeah it's like so many things in actually if politicians along with anyone else would just do it they've probably got massive support from parts of society but it's not what the it's not what the uh the survey they did says so that's not how it works but of course even things like that it's like the census 
the census that tells you where to spend money on mental health and things like that. If you ask someone if they have a mental health issue, how many people will actually say yes? Most probably say no, because they're not aware. And why would you be? Well, even, if, even if you're aware, how many people would actually say, oh, I have a mental health issue? Everyone's, everyone's asked, when you, come, when you go to Christchurch, when you go to any other university, do you have a, um, a disability? I, I'm dyslexic, I've said that already. Apart from anything else, I'm dyslexic. That is, in some way, in a form, in terms of learning at least, is a disability, because you then separate it out into, you know, is it a learning disability, which it would come under? But that's not what you ask first, it's a disability. Have I put yes that many times? Probably not. Doubt yeah. it. Have people with other, what I've seen as smaller issues, put yes? Probably not. Because, well, no, there's nothing wrong with me. No, because that's the way you're taught to think. No, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. Right? I mean, I, I still remember. I don't know what I got. When I was in junior school, I, had, I got diagnosed with something. I, to this day, I don't really know what it is. My mum will probably be able to tell me. I think it might have been a, a form of dysphagia or something on the scale. Mm. And the schools respond because they only really notice it. I couldn't, this sounds ridiculous now. My handwriting is really messy. And I can't draw a straight line with a ruler. I can't do it. It, or I couldn't, I can now, but I couldn't do it. It sounds ridiculous, right? A ruler on a page, I couldn't do a straight line. It would look straight to me. And I swear blind it was straight. It wasn't. Their response to that was to get me tested for whatever it was, got diagnosed with it, and then gave me ruler lessons. Not diagnose the root issue, sit me with a piece of paper and do ruler lessons over and over and over. I mean, if we're talking in terms of cost, how much that fucking waste... We're gonna we're gonna pay you to give Jordan ruler lessons. I'm not even kidding. I, I don't know. I have to check up with my, my parents find out what it was. Uh, but like you, like you said, at university, I knew I've always known there's something not right with with me on that that front. But because I've never really got proper support with it, I never bothered to try. So I tick no on the disability box because yeah. I've got by okay so far. I should take no. Really, I should have ticked yes because it probably would have helped. I'd understand it better now, which I still really don't. Um, and it would have been really useful to me and I'd have probably done better because of it. But like you said, there is a weird stigma of saying yes. Like I remember um, I was a student rep for pretty much my entire time at university. I remember one student um, getting really stressed because he would get extra time and he actually didn't like the fact that he got extra time. They gave it to him anyway. And he said he didn't have to take it, but the lecturers would openly talk about it in front of other students as well. So he, oh, well, he's got an extra, I don't know what it was, but I think it was like half an hour or 20 minutes or something like that. I can't remember. 25%, yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, well, great. Now I feel highlighted. Now everyone else in the room is looking at me thinking, why the, why the fuck does he get an extra 25 minutes for something that's meant to be private? And now you're highlighting it as a primary factor that highlights me to other people where it shouldn't be highlighted. And then, so he stopped. He stopped telling. I think it was in his third year. He actually stopped when it would have been most beneficial to him, stop telling him, said, no, I don't want it anymore. Stop it. Leave me alone. Because you're making it worse, not better. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the way people in, in, interact with it. And it also, as well as just not wanting to admit it, I think we're also always told that, yeah, but your, your thing isn't important enough, therefore you're taking away from someone else. Yeah. You know, oh, well, why are they going to waste time on you? It's, it's the same reason that a lot of people don't ring for ambulances when they're having certain issues because, oh, well, I don't want to take away from someone else. Now, okay, it's different. One of them is physical, one of them, one of them isn't. But you're still, it's a fundamental issue that you, you're having. But no, it will take funds away from someone else. So I don't want to do it. I don't want to admit to anyone that this is an issue. But actually, no, no you, you should. And society needs to realise that there is an issue and that we need to talk about it. And we need to not stigmatise it every single time. 
the, the stigmatization around it is just insane. Like we said earlier, it's not, no matter how much society can say we've changed, and yes, there have been developments, and yes, there's this, that, and the other, but in reality, how much has it really changed? How much has it honestly changed? Because you, you know, let's put it in, in, in simple terms of um, suicide, people that have tried suicide. What's the usual response you're going to get from someone? Oh, don't be so stupid. What are you doing yeah. now? Oh, it's just a call for, it's just a, it's just um, a call for help. It's just a, it's just, you want attention. It's the usual thing, especially for those that fail, which is even fucking worse. If you fail, it doesn't go right. Something goes wrong. You haven't thought about it. Whatever. Oh yeah. Well, you failed. Clearly you weren't trying. That's not how depression works. Dick. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I've heard people say like, that as well. It's and actually, actually TV programs piss me off the most as well with this TV programs because they reinforce it. And because this is society, this isn't, when we say society, we don't just mean university or school. Society is society. It's fucking everything. The amount of um, TV shows, so NCIS, uh, CSI, all those ones that are detective ones, where they go, ah, well, this couldn't have been suicides. They bought shopping. Fuck off. That is not how, that is not how someone's mind works that thinks about depression, depression, suicide, anything like that. They don't have, now, don't get me wrong. Some people will have in their head logically at this day this time this is my um this is what i'm going to do to do it even people that have it ordered in their head to do something at a certain time will still probably go and buy ice cream beforehand oh yeah but it'll melt oh fuck off that's it's mental health mental health issues such as suicide are not by conventional ideals logical if they were then they wouldn't necessarily be trying to commit suicide and if we just go oh yes but this this must have been murder because no, they've booked a holiday and now they're trying to get, I can tell you, there are people who will go from um, in the morning feeling absolutely fantastic. Oh, what a brilliant day. Oh, it's sunny. Oh, I'll go for a run later. Awesome. To, yeah, I'm going to kill myself. Where's the knife? Let's end it. Oh, fuck that up. God damn it. It hasn't worked. Oh, I just get so pissed off. They go, they go to bed. Like, it doesn't mean that their issues of mental health, they haven't tried to kill themselves or they haven't tried to do this, that and the other. But, programs and films and that reinforce that same bullshit over and over again and that's just one of so many of these strings that go into our idea of uh, what mental health actually means and society just doesn't deal with it well we don't structure ourselves around that we structure ourselves in the idea of are you productive you're productive good do that carry on you're not productive you're you're, you're out of the norm that's not right I don't think, and the weird thing is, we should, nothing in, I guess, human history really has come from following the same pattern continuously. Right. There's no modern invention that we use now that is, is great, came from doing the same thing over and over again. I think I've read the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yep. And it's, it's true. If you, if you constantly do the same thing, you'll get the same thing out. So why the fuck are we doing it? It doesn't make sense to me when, when you actually paint it out on the canvas and you think, hang on. So we know that there's different problems for people. We know that no two problems really are the same, but we know that if we put enough resources into it, we can make the vast majority of those people's lives better and fulfill their lives better, make society better and enrich each other's lives and make everyone have a better life overall. And we could do it, but we don't. And then there's, like we've discussed, even we could go into massive detail and every step in society where this is an issue 
And the problem is it is a complicated problem and you have to start from a base point and work your way up and you'll never get it dead right, but we can definitely improve and do it better than we are at the moment. That's an absolute certainty. Yeah. Problem is people just don't. And there's like, like we've talked about, there's this weird shield of indoctrinated behavior that says, no, you'll be fine. Oh, it's a cry for help. No, they're just doing it for attention. And yeah. it's just it's ridiculous. Imagine, I think people are unable, or at least they choose not to, put themselves in other people's shoes. Mm. Um, so you can imagine, like, I've had work colleagues that I haven't particularly got along with, that I haven't particularly liked, and they've gone through a hard time. I've no doubt when I was younger, I've probably said some some horrible things to people when they've, you know, pissed me off or I've had a really bad day and we've clashed. And, you know, you just get someone you just don't get along with and it happens. And I haven't thought about what I've said to them and how that's affected them. And that's, that's fucking awful. Like, it's terrible. And I think back now to some of the things I've said to people, and I think I really didn't think that through. I really could have treated that person better. I don't know what was going on in their life. Who am I to assume that they're fine? Is That's the worst part is you assume everyone's fine until proven otherwise. And it should really be the other way around. You should assume that no one's okay yeah. and then help if you can. We've got, we have a tick box mentality of, right, let's say um, we think of someone who's autistic. If you don't fit the, um, the, the box of how we look at someone that's on that spectrum, of which we always go to, you know, because there was a famous film, we think of higher on the spectrum, we think of fucking Rain Man or something like that. It's just not how that shit works. But you don't fit that. Oh, now you'll get the, the idea of high functioning, which is just as um, problematic because high functioning then suggests so many other things. But people don't think about it beforehand. Depression, you'll get the same thing. Oh, yeah, but you, you don't seem down all the time. You seem where you're successful or you're you're happy you look happy therefore you don't fit it and i can think of people that are in positions where they should be trying to help others but they immediately have an opinion on someone and that's it and one of my biggest bugbears is assumptive behavior you meet someone once that's it that is how that person is and that's it that's just how they are that, i don't care i don't care about anything else no, no 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 you were rude that's it you were rude that's it they don't know why you Firstly, they perceived you as rude. You may not have been. Um, and you don't know why that person was acting in a certain way. You don't. Let's say, um, for instance, you have someone that's on the spectrum and their immediate response to you giving opinion on a subject that has a fact is to give you the exact fact. Now, with certain people on the spectrum, that is just how it works. It's how their mind works. They need to work like that because that's a structure in which they feel comfortable within. But immediately, if you don't recognize that person as being on the spectrum, that person's rude. You think of someone that is, um, has depression and that me that could have then suggestions on their moods at certain times. So, uh, you know, you might catch them when actually something massive has happened and they just snap at you. Oh, well, that person's aggressive. No, but you've seen them on a particular day and it doesn't matter how they act after that it doesn't matter at all because you've made your decision already and your decision is constant and we need to get past that because that's just not how mental health works that's not how people work in general you have no idea like you say you have no idea what's happened to that person what day they've been through what week they've been through you know nothing about their situation but you've made an assumption and that assumption that that's that's what you think that's it no matter yeah. what else has happened, that's what you're taking from it. And you don't care about anything else. Um, we can look at it in the, um, in the BLM movement, actually. We're thinking of one guy, the guy who um, came out and he was covered in like Nazi tattoos. 
Um, and he came out and the papers had him as, and it's also the issue of society reinforcing it. He came out and the paper was like, oh, look, this guy's come out to have a go at it. Knew, actually, what happened is he'd seen the George Floyd incident, been utterly disgusted, realised all his views were fucked. And if you look at a few other pictures that other people have taken, he'd gone out with them, grabbed a BLM um, thing and had gone out campaigning with them. But he was covered in Nazi tattoos. So the first thought that you have is that person's this. No, that person has had a time in their life where something has happened. The only difference between him and someone with mental health issues is that you aren't, you, there's no physical thing showing you that it was a time in your life. For him, tattoos. There was a time in his life where he was fucking out of it, yeah? And then he had them repaired. Now he's going through, I think he's getting laser surgery. I think actually some of the BLM movement is paying for his laser surgery um, because they're like, hey, you've, you've joined with us, man. Just on a side note, it always really winds me up that whenever someone sees a swastika, the immediate assumption is Nazism. It just really, it's always really pissed me off. And, and not Hinduism, where it comes from. Um, but <laughs> quite a ridiculous thing. People go, you're a Nazi. I've seen like people with it tattooed who've got it tattooed as a, it was a similar good luck at, at one point, if I remember correctly. The American basketball teams, Used to that put was on a bar. long time ago, though. I mean, there's, 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 yeah. But again, the same thing. If like, you, you see the issue, and you see, oh, something in their past is, means they are fucked up. But that's all they, all they pay attention to. That's all they see. And it's the same thing with mental health. That's all you see. You see a response to something that's happened, and that's all you see. You don't see the next day. You don't see the guy picking up the BLM um thing you don't see the person with depression that's had mood swings go home and have to look after their elderly um grandparents who he's the only carer for you 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 just don't see these things but you've made your assumption and that's it that's the end of the discussion um everything there isn't it in our society like if you look at someone who maybe lost their job maybe you don't know why they lost their job let's argument say you could say maybe they were dating someone that person then broke up and then that person was then dating their boss and their boss didn't like them. So they found a way to get rid of them. Mm. You don't see that. You don't see the situation that caused it. You just see that person lost their job. So when they're then interviewed for a job, they say, were you fired from that job? And they go, yes. Uh, immediate assumption is they were fired. They must be bad. That's it. You, you've already made your mind up. They ain't getting that job. And you don't know the situation. You don't know the scenario. You don't know. They might be the best worker you've ever had in that position who is probably more qualified than others, but you've already made an assumption. And we, we're a society that likes that for some reason. I don't know why. We, we love assumptions. Like you said, we like to see one thing happen and that's it. Boom. Nazi tattoo. You're a fucking Nazi. You're disgusting. You're horrible. They might have completely... Op that, that bloke clearly has changed his tune. In, in the past, he was that person. And like yeah. someone with mental health issues, at a certain point, they have been aggressive or whatever exactly. it is. But that's a snapshot. And we, we, we need to get past things like that. If we're going to look yeah. at helping anyone's mental health issues, we can't... We can't make assumptions because the assumptions are then causing that person to have even more issues. Because if, you, if you've got to interact with a person that's made that assumption from you, they're part of your, um, your working group, they're part of your university group, or they're, they're, they're a lecturer, they're a, they're a member of staff, whatever it is, they now have an assumption whenever you go near to them that you're aggressive or that you're cocky or that you're um, you know, rude, whatever it is, that's how they're treating you. Whether they say it or not, that is how they're treating you. They are treating you differently because of an assumption they made on what could have been your worst ever day. 
but that's how they're doing it. And we're not allowing for that. And all they're doing is then reinforcing the anxiety you have, the depression you have, the issues of, um, if you're on the spectrum, the issues of um, introvert um, behavior that you might have. You, you might withdraw into yourself with anxiety all because they made an assumption of your worst day. And we need to, like you said before, we need to assume that everyone is not okay and work backwards. It's, yeah. it's because making an assumption of someone on their on what could be their worst day so someone being a dick or someone just you know they they've snapped back at you for whatever reason it is you say oh well they're just rude that's it what from the one thing they said to you the the one thing the one thing that they said or the way that they might have acted something didn't work in the way that they wanted to the structure didn't work for instance the structure doesn't work because that structure doesn't work in their head in their head the way they do things works way better than yours. Yes, they might want to jump over different ways of doing it, but that doesn't mean that they are trying to bypass you. That just means that that's how their their brain works. Maybe work with them to try and come up with a way that you can both work together, that anything can work, rather than attack or assume things because all you're doing is creating continuous problems. It just goes back and forth over and over and over again. And no one wins out of that. No one wins. But you fit a box. The box is fitted. That's it. Job done. I think we've just highlighted the overall problem is that humanity as a whole is pretty thick. <laughs> like really, as a species, we're pretty dumb. We can we can go to space and go to the deepest point in the ocean, but we still can't figure out how to treat each other better despite studying it for God knows how many hundreds of years, knowing what to do and just refusing to do it on, on a large scale. Yeah, it's, you know, humanity, the problem is, is that I think different people have different opinions on what humanity's baseline is. Mine is probably very different to a lot of people that I know. I don't have a particularly nice baseline in my head. But then is that because of trauma that I felt? and of other people's because of non-trauma or certain trauma that they felt they feel the other way? But that's the issue as well, is that that's what comes back to that nuance. Even the baseline of how we think of humanity is based on our own backgrounds and our own upbringings. Um, someone from a privileged background is going to have the luxury of thinking of uh, society a certain way that someone else may not. Um, it's, it's banded about back and forth. We need to deal with, and certain societies are way better. Finland um, and a lot of Northern Europe deal with mental health so much better than the rest of us, so much better. Um, but you know, our patriotism means we can't possibly do something like that. So shut the fuck up. Um, a weird, weird society in that view as well. Like I remember, um, what I, I, I watched a video. I, I can't remember what country it was. I think I've mentioned it to you before. And it was a, a video of a council tower block, like a council estate, if you like, but in a tower, council tower in another country, it had a gym, a swimming pool, a nursery, a school, everything that you would want if you wanted to like have like, I guess, amenities, extra activities to actually just enrich a normal life. So you're not just working and going to bed. Mm -hmm. And what they noticed from doing this was that productivity went up. General happiness went up. Issues with mental health went down. Um, issues with crime went down. Um, and then I thought, oh, why doesn't that happen in the UK? And the only logical reason I could come up with was cost. We drive the bottom line to the point that we don't really, we ignore well-being and mental health. Um, like even the area I live in, I live, in, I live in Bristol, I live in like north part of Bristol, I guess it's a big, big city um, and it's, it's a relatively, I guess, new-ish estate, it's probably only like 10 years old if that, and I look around, there's, there's 
there's nothing here. And a lot of it is social housing and it's been built with, why don't, why doesn't everyone deserve to have these things available to them rather than just chucking people in houses and leaving them and letting them go to work and come home? If we're going to do that and then influence their lives in that way and shape up how they're supposed to live, why aren't we doing it for the better? Why don't we make it so that everyone can enjoy life? Why do you have to be, um, why, why is it assumed that you have to be a CEO earning £200,000 a year in order to be able to go and have access to a swimming pool? if you know what I mean. It's that, I mean, Bristol University, obviously, I, I believe I'm right, has the worst cases of suicide in the UK of all universities as well. I believe that's still correct. I'm pretty sure I read it about a year ago and that was yeah. the case. I'm, I'm so, yeah, they still have those issues. Um, and yeah, the, why is the baseline set at homelessness? Why is the baseline not set at, yeah. okay, you've got something, you know? Um, but that said, the weird one, and this is the discussion I had with people recently that, well, not necessarily light, is this idea that we just house everyone. And the problem is with that as well, is you can't just do that. There needs to be structural change in general, because actually, having been homeless, the places where we just throw homeless people are usually far more dangerous than the streets, and a lot of them don't want to go there because yeah. they're safer on the street. But again, that's a structural change. We need to deal with a person's mental health. Because what's the assumption when someone's homeless? You're drunk drugs that's normally the thing it could be and a lot of the times it is and i mean i've met plenty of them mental health breakdown they've they, you know they've let's say they've lost their job and they've had a massive mental breakdown oh but you know you're on the street you're not trying hard enough that's not how it fucking works that's just ridiculous i've met really successful people that are you know six-figure earners that have had serious drug addictions and breakdowns not because that they're lazy, not because of this, that, the other, because of stress, because of everything in their life building up to the point they don't know how to cope with it. So they just don't. They shut down and stop. Um, but you wouldn't call them lazy because they've got uh, a couple of zeros on tagged onto their bank account. So why would you assume that someone who doesn't have that is lazy as well? Yeah, fine. Some people, and there is a minority, will be in that position because they're lazy. Fine. I accept that you can't paint a brush over everything, but the vast majority the people that get into those different situations aren't they've got problems and those problems aren't being addressed no it's only just i mean so i think unfortunately we're gonna to have to kind of start to close it up because i think some of our um, points are the same ones just in uh, just with a different shade um yeah. i think the general answer to the question is um no we, we society doesn't do enough we, we we're not even close um you know, that's the, the, the basic, as I said, by the beginning that I knew that we'd come to the conclusion of, of does society do enough for mental health? Of course not. Not even fucking, not even on the same scale. Um, does any society? No. Even if you go to places like Finland and things like that, yes, there's a great, the baseline is better, but it's still not done, do enough. But then that may be something that we never actually reach. The, the, the utopian ideal may never be actually reached. You know, if we go back to Thomas More's utopia, back in the medieval period may never actually be reached um but there are nuances there are changes there are structural things that we can do and i think at the baseline that has to start with us we we need to take account of ourselves with anything we need to go you know what okay uh, yeah and like i said with the banter with your mates yeah there may be a second where you take the piss but if you're still taking the piss let's say you still go ah fuck off mate don't be such a dick your next thought should be, yeah, but I, right, that's that shit out of the way. You actually, all right, mate. 
And I've yeah. seen that. I've seen that happen. I've literally seen that happen in pubs where there'll be a load of banter and then one of them will go over and just be like, yeah, but what, what, what's, what's really going on? And it can happen. So, you know, change can happen. And those little things can be just from you recognizing that actually things are shit. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're taken away from any less of being um, a successful person or any less of being um, a strong person. None of this is weakness. None of this is um, taking away from your simple humanity. It's just, in fact, I'd say if you're recognizing someone's uh, mental health issues and trying to help, it's actually reinforcing and strengthening your humanity. But there we go. I so keep an eye on friends, right? Just yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah, is that, was that, that campaign, there was a campaign a while ago of um, uh, Ask Twice. Yeah. Um, you know, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Nah, are you okay? Um, fuck, what's the film? Goodwill Hunting. Anyone that hasn't seen this film, it's a brilliant film, go and see it. But there is one bit, because um, Matt Damon's character keeps seeing psychologists and just takes the piss. Because... And he acts a certain way through that, that entire film. He is, no, he is scholastically gifted. He can do the maths. He can do all the other stuff. And, but he hangs out with his mates that are, you know, rough, tough Southies. Um, and that's just the way he acts. And even they say to him, mate, get the hell out of here. You've got, you've got a brain. Get out of here. Um, but it's not how he acts. He always takes a piss out of psychologists when they send him to um, a shrink and he takes the piss. And then he meets Robin Williams' character. There's just one bit where he says, it's not your fault. And he goes, oh, I know it's not. And then he says it like two or three more times. And it ends up that Matt Damon just breaks down. And it's just like, you know, and it just is let out. And sometimes all it takes is to ask again, to check again. It's not a simple, you're right. Yeah, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, yeah let's go, go for a pint. No, no. Right. Are you okay? Are that, you really that, okay? That first one's an automated response. If, if, someone, if you ask someone, are you okay? And they immediate, that thing is, yeah, I'm fine. You yeah. probably know they're likely not because they've done it without thinking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's automatic. All right, you're all right. It's just what you say. It's, it's, there's no, that you don't go, and, and actually think of the, uh, think of it as, it's almost taking the piss the other way. When people go, you know, oh, well, actually, you know, things are really shit and some people will be uncomfortable with it. But check. If you're genuinely concerned, this is a friend of yours, check, ask twice, ask three times. Fuck it, keep going. Um, like I said, with Robin Williams' character in that film, he literally, I think it's about three or four times, just goes, it's not your fault. And, and it's like, you know, not you, not you. And then finally he just starts crying and just breaks down because actually that character had been blaming themselves for so many things. Um, but on the outside, yeah, I'm smart. Uh, I'm the smart one. Yeah, I can take the piss out of this. Yeah, I'm, I want to fight. I'm in trouble with the law from fighting, things like that, because that's how society had suggested. Kid from Southie, that's the way you've got to be. You've got to be tough. You've got to do this. That's not how it really was. So that's why there's so many other reasons that that film is great. But that's, there is, that is very good for that specific part. It does address a certain thing of ask twice. And that's just what you need to do. Um, I think we'll finish up there because this is a rather longer one than I think we initially assumed it would be. I don't know why we assumed it would be any um, any shorter than this because it's a fucking big subject, but there we go. Um, oh, yeah, again, so. guys, to reinforce these views, um, 
much as me and Jordan may believe them to be right, correct, everything. Um, these views are ours. They do not reflect the society. They do not reflect the student union, the university, or any associated groups or employment to either of us. They are simply our viewpoints at this particular point in time. And again, they can even change because people change and opinions change. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you don't take offense. If you do, um, just try and um, take away the positive parts of what you felt when you when you listen to this and um, hopefully you'll join us next time and uh, the quality of these podcasts will help you just keep improving especially when you know we've got we've got the microphone we'll try and make sure that the visual gets better we'll, we'll bring in some more interesting characters um, but until next time guys this is going to be every uh, Monday at 12 o'clock uh, you should know that the schedule should be on there hopefully you will join us next time um so until next time guys thank you very much and um yeah have a good one cheers <laughs>